April showers bring Mayflowers, but what do Mayflowers bring? A special offer from the DSR Network. For the month of May, become a member and receive 20% off a monthly or annual membership. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, exclusive bonus content, our evening members-only newsletter, and an invitation to continue the conversation via our members-only Slack community. This offer won't last, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. Welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog, Bosco. Hello, and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies today. My apologies, although I know I'm not supposed to start off with an apology, but anyway, my apologies for our release of pods being a little bit blippy. But that said, I am very grateful that you are here today, and I trust and know that you will enjoy our show. We have a very funny guest. We, me and Bosco, have a very funny guest, Aaron Nemo, who's going to talk to us about the writer strike. He's a writer at The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And um, offers some really interesting insights into ChatGPT, but also um, Buckeyes, the fantastic confectionery that comes to us from Ohio. Anyway, um, I know you'll all enjoy it, uh, but a little bit of housekeeping first. All the recipes for the podcast and links can be found on my Substack newsletter. That's what Substack is, in case for people like, what's a Substack? It's like a newsletter. Um, you can find it at marissarothkopf.substack.com, along with a giant archive of recipes and stories of American kitchen history. It's where you'll find the Buckeyes recipe and also a recipe for Buckeye brownies. Yeah, that's that's the way to go, folks. You can also support my work with a subscription for $5 a month, or if that's not possible yet, you can subscribe for free either way. I am grateful for your support. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast that has been robbed of the number four in its countdown from five to three, two, one. And instantly we're here on the podcast with, well, Aaron Nemo. You may not know him unless you're a big reader of credits or a follower of Shitty Mozart, which we'll get into later, but you do know Aaron's work. Why? Aaron, tell us a little bit about what you do. I feel like I I've never been uh, seen you do like your performance voice in in person before, even though we're not in person. But I I see the video of you changing voice. It's very impressive. Nice job. This is my radio voice, by the way. So the reason that Aaron knows my other voice is because Aaron, we're sort of related, aren't we? Sort of through marriage. Sort of. Through marriage, we are husband and wife. <laughs> we are married to, to no, each no, other. No, no, Aaron. No, no. We don't talk about that in public. You're married to my niece. <laughs> yes, which makes you my niece's aunt. Wait, honestly, I didn't even mean to say it wrong. My wife's aunt, but I don't really know what that what our relation. I don't is. know, but it's nice. I it's Something nice, good. and I like you, and I'm glad to have you on because you're a writer of many things, but 
right now, well, not right now, but I mean, still right now, you are a writer on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Hey. And you make you make yep. it happen, which is why so many people out there who are listening have undoubtedly laughed along with you, not at you. Right. <laughs> but right now you're in the kitchen and we're going to make a treat from your home state of Ohio. My favorite joke is a child. Mm-hmm. That state is round at the ends and high in the middle. That was one of my better jokes, which is why I'm not a writer on the late show with Stephen Colbert. No, that's a good joke. You have good taste in in humor. I like that joke. It's a nice visual word based and state understanding joke that is about one of the great one of our great states. You've produced, I think, the most presidents of any state. Is that true? I actually think we're behind Virginia. Oh, that's right. Virginia Sorry, Virginia has the most. But Virginia had a huge head start. Ohio, like I think, was founded in I want to say eight. 18- it's either 1813 or 1818 i always get them mixed up but we i think we have six presidents and i also believe they're all mostly terrible presidents though so oh, like you have a um, lot of mckinley's right them. you have the mckinley's yeah we got guys that died fast <laughs> and then we got people that gambled away the white house china to mexico and really talked about their genitals a lot in private notes that have now been released widely wait, yeah. wait 19th I'm from, 19th century genitals um no i think 20th century jennies that were warren g harding specifically he wrote he's got the teapot dome yeah he wrote a lot of letters to i think it was like i'm, I'm gonna mess this up and then warren g harding stands are gonna come at me but he he wrote like a lot of love letters and I think he must've been somewhat where there would be intercepted. So he used all of these code terms for his private parts, but they weren't very well coded. Like you go back and read them and you're like, Oh yeah, I know exactly what your, your long Tom is. It's very obvious what you were. I would like you to see my long Tommy. He, he never said long Tommy, but it's something like that. It's close. Whatever it is. I think it, I'm pretty sure it would make me feel really, really uncomfortable no matter what. Just the thought of that. I know. It's, it's on a par with parents. But anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, right now, though, you're on strike um, with the Writers Guild of America. Is that true? Mm-hmm. So that's what I think finds you. Normally, you'd be very busy in a theater right now in uh, just north of Times Square, or some may actually call it Times Square. Um, but in, it, making the late show happen right now what are we making what did you force me to make because of your ohio pride well marissa we're making a little something called buckeyes which are a delicious dessert that are they're very unhealthy (laughs) you know but they're they're so good i've had more than 20 in a day so many times um and so they're they're called buckeyes because I think the state tree of Ohio is the is a buckeye and the buckeye gives off a nut and it's a poisonous nut and it look, kind of looks like an eye and somebody came along and said kind of looks like a buck's eye buckeye <laughs> and so Ohio's the buckeye state we make little tiny treats that are nut shaped po- that resemble a poisonous nut <laughs> and um, yeah. We are obsessed with the this nut in the state, and in the they we got Brutus the Buckeye, the mascot of Ohio State, who is a human nut hybrid. He's not a giant nut; he's a man with a nut's head. Interesting. 
Um, is that something that happened like after yeah. like train derailment, something with like chemical spills or is it just, is it yeah. natural? It came before the most noteworthy chemical, the, the one that you're maybe referencing. Mm. He's, he's been around for a long time, but there must have been some sort of like lab experiment or mm. like nuclear spill of some kind that created this monstrosity that we celebrate. <laughs> Named Brutus. <laughs> and Brutus, um, I guess, probably happened in the labs at Ohio State because I think this is like a tailgate treat, like without, I don't know, any, like everybody wants a Buckeye. In fact, everybody. I, um, you have been known to be situated in the vicinity of Brooklyn. And I'd asked you earlier, like, could you ever have foreseen yourself living in Brooklyn? I don't think so. I, I didn't really know about com- I didn't know you could do comedy as a job until I was probably like 18 years old uh, and I saw like some stand up I saw like Brian Regan and Dane Cook on Comedy Central and uh not that Dane Cook remain I mean I am literally wearing a backwards hat right now so I probably do seem like he's one of my main inspirations <laughs> but uh yeah I slowly figured out you could yeah I don't know I know I think I was drawn to New York uh, until uh, you know later in life, but and I Brooklyn, did, I didn't really understand what that meant. I thought it was maybe a different place than New York when I was when I was that age. So it's it's you know it's a bit of a miracle that I am here making Buckeyes on a technology that I didn't know would exist at that time. <laughs> you could only have dreamed of it. Um, but the truth is, I mean, the truth, and I think people have been keeping it from you is, according to what I've read. The first Buckeyes were made in Brooklyn, Ohio. What? I didn't know there was a Brooklyn, Ohio. Apparently, there is. Though, don't don't. Uh, now that you question me, I don't know. I think it's true, but it is. It's supposed to be true, and they made they make millions of them, millions of them at this little confectionery. But wow. luckily for us, we can make them here at home. You have, let's let's get into a little bit of the mixing and stuff because I have a bowl of warm chocolate that is making me really mm. want to dip these things into them so that I can maybe give kids something that looks like a poisonous nut. Uh, Cause that seems yeah. like a good thing for kids. Hey kids eat this. It's like a poisonous nut. Hey kids. <laughs> poisonous nuts and drugs are good. Exactly. For you. But don't watch Tom and Jerry or you'll become a bad evil person. Yeah. You'll become a rat. And certainly yeah. don't watch yeah. um, any television cause it's bad for you. Um, so right. unless it's right, right, Veggie right, right, right. Tales, did you have to watch Veggie Tales as a kid? I did. I would go over to my friend's house because I was—I mean, I also—I thought Veggie Tales slapped. <laughs> like I thought Veggie Tales was incredible, and then because I was the only Jew in my town, <laughs> I later found out that it was like you know mm. subtly mm-hmm. like disguised Christianity, and I was like, ah, oh, no, they, got, they me. got me, and my love of broccoli. Those songs. <laughs> That tomato and that cucumber are the, the perfect duo. They complement each other amazingly, and they get into all kinds of hijinks that is Bible adjacent. <laughs> For all you folks out there who maybe haven't had the pleasure of Veggie Tales, make some Buckeyes, tune into the Veggie Tales, and you will have a delightful, delightful afternoon. Um, what I have to yeah. open the door for the other co-host. Um, one of my co-hosts is here, Bosco, and the other co-host is Calvin. Bosco is <laughs> Calvin the cat who Calvin. instantly wants to come in to my house the minute I am talking. 
my cat and I'm in Calvin. We're talking <laughs> VeggieTales. <laughs> VeggieTales, and there's food on the counter. Um, tell me, um, what goes into a Buckeye? Because we're using your family recipe. That's right. Um, this is my grandmother's recipe that she, I don't know that she invented it. I mean, I don't think she did. I think they were invented in Brooklyn, Ohio. But maybe these are these are her ratios of, so this, I think this makes like approximately 100 Buckeyes if you get 32 ounces of peanut butter. I'm not doing this many because I didn't get enough mm-hmm. ingredients, but 32 ounces peanut butter. Three pounds of confectioner's. Hey, nice. Tail. <laughs> That's not my tail. Hey, it's my cat's tail. Um, that, oh. I make buckeyes with cat fur. Um, Go on. Yes. <laughs> yum. Um, okay, so three pounds of confectioner's sugar, mm. which is always what I've called that type of sugar before today. One pound of unsalted butter and one pound of chocolate. That's cr- Maybe a chocolate bar, or I, I got some chips. I got some semi-sweet chocolate. That's chips. what I melted. I made mine in advance, and I made it in advance just to show you up that I'm better than you. And uh, I have to have I have, to have something on you. Um, and it's you basically blend melted butter and peanut butter and sugar together. I did not make a hundred a quantity for a hundred either. No matter how much my neighbors are nice, they no one. I don't think. I don't think it's just. It's not Ohio State season yet really um no but these will be beloved by all the neighbors um these i've rolled and i've refrigerated them and i think the best part of all of them is that you then stick a toothpick in every recipe says you stick a toothpick in them and then you dip them deep mm-hmm. oops into the chocolate oops and then you um the toothpick falls out and then you have to um stick it in again and then you get to take it out but now i have a buckeye now you have a buckeye and you always smooth over the hole to pretend like it never happened to pretend like it's it was magically made perfectly without a toothpick and was that your job as a kid i mean like did you make them in the nemo family house yeah to be honest with you i've never done this entire recipe soup to nuts i always just i got to skip the hard parts because my mom would do that so yeah, this I'm finding this to be actually quite a lot of work to um, make all of these ingredients unite and conform as one unit um, by hand. But it's okay. And I've never gone to the store and purchased all the ingredients. And I did have to ask the guy where to find sugar because I thought I was in the baking section. But then the sugar was by the friggin' red pepper flakes. So... see. So this um, is learning. Like, I think your mom should be proud of you. Mrs. Nemo, if you're listening, you oh. should be very proud of your son. He's done amazing work here. Oh, my God. She's absolutely listening. She's somehow listening to us record this I live. think that's probably true. Um, the trick also yeah. is to stick the toothpick in before you refrigerate them. Um, yep. Which may I may or may not have done, she said, as she drips them but does this good i mean are they supposed to have a crusty bottom like i mean a crunchy extra layer of chocolate on the bottom or yeah they some they sometimes end up with a flatter bottom Mm. just based on the way that the drippage drips Mm -hmm. down and sort of flattens out on the pan or the um whatever you're putting them on but that's okay that's to be expected none of us are perfect Mm. none of us know how none of us can draw a perfect circle or make (laughs) a perfectly spherical buckeye so right 
you know, that's the, you I mean, look, and hum- look at the shape of Ohio. It's not perfect. No. It's a little bumpy. It's true. It's got edges. Yeah, and one of the edges is Kentucky. Can you explain to me why Cincinnati Airport is in Kentucky? Because there's just too much going on in Cincinnati. There's no room for an airport. There's too much strictly like fun stuff that's going on. It's like how New York City, Manhattan doesn't have an airport. It's because it's so packed with business and entertainment and skyscrapers. And Cincinnati has is filled with just, you know, Skyline Chili, Gold Star <laughs> Chili, and other various chilies there's just no room for would you eat chili on spaghetti is that a thing you've done in your life being from ohio do you like that i'm treating you as if you were from maybe like venus or mars what's it like in ohio i was in ohio only a few weeks ago people eating um grater's ice cream well on my way to kentucky to be honest but eating grater's ice cream at every chance i possibly can because for those of you who haven't experienced the best of cincinnati it's grater's ice cream Grater's ice cream is absolutely fantastic. And I was actually having this discussion with my wife the other day that one of the great things that you can ingest in the entire world is graters. But then also when you go there and you get a little plastic cup of cold water to wash down the graters, that is heaven. That is such a good feeling to wash down the remnants of this like frozen sugar treat and it just goes down so cold and you're like oh my god water has never been so good in the in, in my entire life so do you prefer their yeah, the like water grapes. to the ice cream or i don't know i'm kind of confused here no it, no i like the ice cream better but the water experience sort of is like the little exclamation point on the experience of graders. and they do make a buckeye flavor for those of you who have no desire to make this candy at home you can just make the ice you can just go eat the ice cream um, which Yum. I highly recommend because peanut butter and chocolate makes a great combination. And I'm sure for our, I'm sure mm-hmm. for our friends who can't eat peanut butter, almond butter would make a fine, fine, or sun butter for our sunflower seed eating friends would make a fine substitute. Hey, yeah. So while it, in, I know that you're not exactly spending the entire time while you're on strike, um, sitting here making Buckeyes, although you could probably set up like a Buckeye stand and feed hungry writers. Smart. I know. I got the ideas. Um. So, how are you spending your time? Are you spending a lot of time on the picket line? Do, are you happy? Like, what would what emotion would you use to describe how you're feeling about this strike? You can use more than one 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 Oof. adjective. You can okay. use more than one. Okay. I was worried it was going to be one of those things where you get one word. Yeah. And, uh. uh yeah, I don't know. Happy, you know, happy's probably wrong, but it was a good guess. <laughs> uh, I feel happy at times, but, you know, it. I, you bend down on the picket line, and the picket lines are absolutely dripping with ha- happiness and, you know, unity and, you know, just like some of the most energetic places that you can be. Um and I would highly recommend anybody that wants to come check one out, come through and and feel the love because they're a, a place where everybody is on the same page. Everybody's united against, you know, the big giant uh, streaming platforms and, and the networks who are trying to make a quick buck uh, and uh, trying to tamp down the, the creatives. And it's it's really fun. Like you feel like you're part of something kind of historical and kind of big. 
bigger than you. Uh, it's very different than, you know, doing your job. It's, uh, you know, you go out and you, I don't normally get 25,000 steps in, <laughs> in any single day. And I've been doing that multiple times a week now. Um, and it's cool, you know, getting to know people from other shows and putting faces to names and meeting people. And I'm like, oh, you're the person with 900 million Twitter followers that I've only seen <laughs> a drawing of as your Twitter avatar. Uh, so that's very cool. Is there um, a lot of like, and, I, I, so I guess this is also probably very healthy for the writers who normally sit a lot. Sit a lot in dark rooms and, you know don't see a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. And they have sunscreen there. They have 50 SPF sunscreen there for us, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like it's honestly like, I'm sort of grateful for the experience because it's made me have to like dig in and understand more about our union. I've been thinking more about unions as a mm-hmm. whole and organized labor and the history of unions and the history of union music, because there are some amazing songs out there. I had no idea. Um, and albums. No, there are. There, I, and I, I had no idea. Um, I thought it was always, it was just like, you got the right <laughs> to fight, to party. But there's <laughs> so many more uh, anthems from like, you know, the good, the good old days. Um, but I'm rambling. Really, it's all, it's, it's. You know, it's it's a fight that's really for the future, and I feel like I'm doing my just my small part. By the way, I'm also just this like lowly member of the WGA that's two years in. I'm not one of the people on the negotiating committees. I'm not able to eloquently state every single bullet point as well as they are. So that's like, you know, nobody should take my word for anything. But it's it's. There are some really, really impressive people in charge who have explained the the cause and explained what's at stake. And it really it feels like it's fighting for writing as a career in the future and for people to be able to do that and make a living doing it at all. Um, other than the few people that are able to, you know, get bankrolled by their parents and come out and live in a $9,000 a month apartment and do this for fun. Um, it's just there's there's no way to do it if you're if you have to do it in the gig economy and you're making so little and there feels like there's no future and so it's I know we're we're you got to get out there you got to be loud you got to walk your twenty five thousand steps and that's I mean that's all I feel like I can do is take up space out there and make noise and be in the way and try to get you know, try to just do what everybody else is doing. I think that's exactly right. And I think um, you do yourself a disservice by saying, I'm not one of the people negotiating, but without the whole point of a union is that there are lots and lots of people all standing for the same thing or, you know, doing 25,000 steps for the same thing. Um, and, totally. and that's, what's really, really important. And I'm sure now that you've been doing that, you're much stronger and you can actually make that mixture of Buckeyes which is nearly impossible to mix by hand. I mean, I just see old Ohio grandmas like really stirring the pot here, giant forearms. But on the other hand, a hand mixer really makes it easier. I know, but this is like, this, this is a muscle I haven't really used very much, which is the arm. <laughs> um, what, one of the things that you said really uh, uh, 
hits home with me in, in a painful way. And you know where it hits? It hits my wallet. Um, and that's the pay. <laughs> it's pay. Uh, for writers, you know, I'm 435 years old. I actually helped like Gutenberg ink the presses. And just after he invented the um, printing press, I've been a writer. I've been yeah. a writer for that long. And yet, um, and so I somehow thought that I would get to this moment in my life and be this age and I would be paid commensurate for, commensurately for the amount of years that I have been writing and then it would just go up, 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 up. I get paid today for an article the same I would have been paid 10, 15, 20 years ago. I know that's this, that it feels like this spreads across so many different aspects of writing and aspects of a lot of creative work, journalism, all like almost any field that where you are doing something for a larger organization and you're kind of doing all the heavy lifting and they're just raking in revenue based off of the ads that they put on your amazing little piece that you put out there. And um, so it feels like, yeah, it does. A lot of people are saying that this, this, strike right now is going to be sort of setting the tone for a lot of, of negotiations in different fields that are coming down the road. One of the, short one of the things that keeps me awake at night um, is because it's constantly talking to me is chat GPT. Um, I, 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 I understand that it's a new technology and the way people talk about new technologies, whether it was the radio cars or I don't know, iPhones is always like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Things will never be the same again. Um, except that radios took off and iPhones took off and cars took off and, and things like that. Um, and the, uh, it's all been, it's all become really popular. I am, have a little pain in my, I've got a little pain in my stomach that's bigger than normal about what I've heard about networks, like television networks using chat GPT. Mm -hmm. Daddy, is that really going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's really that is really the question that is that comes up the most like when I'm just talking to friends and when I'm getting together with people because now I have, you know, part of my day free and people want to meet up and hang out <laughs> and they want to ju they just want to talk about AI all day long, which is understandable because there's really nobody whose job doesn't feel like eventually could be replaced by if AI becomes what every you know person is worried it's going to uh, it does feel like you got to be a little bit looking over your shoulder seeing if there's a little phone or computer that's about to be the new you but um, yeah I don't know it's it's a really tricky it's a really tricky thing to project down the road if it's going to continue to like exponentially learn uh, and what that means. But it just does feel a little bit insulting when anyone is like, oh, yeah, we can, I think we can eliminate human beings from art and storytelling and replace them uh, entirely with uh, an algorithm or partially with an algorithm. And it's also like AI could have really interesting uses and be extremely beneficial for us. But it's just like, I think it's just too attractive to people who think that they can slash 50% 
of their staffs and like just capitalize off of this new shiny object Mm -hmm. and sort of use it to their own benefit and profit. So um, yeah, especially when it's like, when it's like, I think like AI could write a script, like you could lose half of your writer's room, just put an AI in there to write the first draft. And then some, some person will come along and they can just punch it up and then you're done. It just takes the two of you working in harmony together and moolah, moolah, moolah. Right. As we are sitting on our yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean, um, enjoying it. Uh, it, it makes me so nervous and, um, I, I, I have a hard time kind of coming to it, it. It sort of defeats the entire purpose of art, doesn't it? Right. Like the whole, the whole understanding yeah, of what art is, is, is not. 100%. 100%. Do you want to watch somebody get up on stage and do a freestyle rap? That is a computer that has access to, that has rhymezone.com pulled up. And they're just they're just going through and they're inputting all the different rhymes. It's not impressive. It doesn't show that they have like lived and experienced anything. It just shows that they can connect various points into some sort of sentence repeatedly. And I bet if you go on r- right now to chat GPT and you said make a freestyle about Buckeyes, it would do a decent job. But it's just that's not the point necessarily of art is the final product. It's thinking about what went into it and where does this person come from. And then like when I'm watching a movie, I so many times I click out of the movie because I'm like, oh, I wonder like what this director has done before. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen that actor somewhere. Where have I seen them? And then I like go onto a deep dive about what's their hometown. Oh, my God, that's where they're from. I wonder if they ever did anything with this person. Oh, my God, they were roommates at community college, I didn't even know community colleges had dorms. <laughs> and then you start to like make all of these connections about these like lived experiences that people have that you can't do if it's just this like code that's coming up with everything. And I really don't even, I really don't mean to like ever villainize AI because it's, it, AI has never done anything wrong. It's people abusing AI that is the potential to do anything wrong. But I just, AI can do some stuff. I'm fine with it, but it just doesn't need to be, you know, starring an eight mile in my opinion. <laughs> right. And I, or taking my job. I mean, I did read some very scary things this week about what AI could possibly get up to. Um, and that, that did concern me. Um, it making decisions that maybe humans should make, but maybe it'll make better decisions. Uh, it's just not going to make better art. That's far as I'm concerned. And it's not going to be able to make yeah, those hey. Absolutely. AI, if you are listening right now, please fix climate change. We do not seem to be necessarily able or willing to do it. You guys do that and we will make the fart jokes. It's fine. AI's fart jokes are just never going to have that same, I don't know, is the word piquancy? I don't know, probably. I mean... It's it should be. be for anyone's farts, really. Um, what are you, are you working on other things during this time? Do you find, is it, is this going to be like the blackout after a blackout when there are like millions of new children born after a blackout? And is this after, like during the writer's strike are all the writers going home and coming up with the great American movie? And there's suddenly going to be so much more creative stuff out on the market or you guys meeting a lot for coffee. I have, I have no idea. I've been doing a lot of, 
of a lot of non-work. Like I've been doing a lot of like I went to the DMV today and I'll do things that like I haven't been able to do with my schedule normally and I feel like I'm catching up. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm sure some cool projects and some like people will meet who wouldn't have met without the writer strike and they will become friends and make things together. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm working on a thing that what, where I'm just like messing around with some animation and some music that you've referenced. It's called shitty Mozart. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be even the next good American <laughs> project let alone the next great but it's going to be something that i force uh, my friends to watch and uh feel uncomfortable at least um so i do think people are staying busy and i think people are you know also putting a lot of energy into picketing and to getting the word out about what the fight is all about and everything but yeah, sure. I mean, I think definitely there'll be some positive things that come from this that might not have. Do you, what Can you give people at home who need something new and delightful, who may not have heard of Shitty Mozart, what to expect from Shitty Mozart? And where, the, where did Shitty the idea Mozart, come from for Shitty Mozart? Tell us everything. Shitty Mozart. Yeah. So Shitty Mozart. Are, we all, are you allowed to swear on this I podcast? am. I am. It's I, my podcast. So you go... Go ahead if you think it's yeah. if it's appropriate. Oh hell yeah! I mean, we've been talking yeah. farts, <laughs> farts, um, piquancy, yeah. shitty, shitty Mozart, piquancy, <laughs> which I feel like I have an idea of what that means. Um, yeah, basically, I just it was mostly during the pandemic that I sort of uh, you know made shitty Mozart into. It, the first idea was I just got this piano that I realized I could control animations on my computer using. So because just because a piano has more keys, there's 128 notes in one uh, from from the lowest octave to the highest octave on a MIDI instrument. There's 128 notes and there's 16 channels of 128 notes, which gives you so many different ways to send a signal to your computer using a piano compared to a typing keyboard, which has, I don't know, three or four buttons. Um, so you, I, I hit a bunch of buttons and I make things happen on the cartoon screen, the projector behind me. And, you know, the things can be a song, they can be a quick joke. <laughs> I can you know, bring, you know, myself, I can dress up as Mozart and talk to a cartoon version of Aaron Nemo. <laughs> and those get pretty, those become pretty heated uh, and angry conversations when really all I probably should be doing is just go seeing a therapist. Mm. Um, but um, so shitty Mozart is a, a musical, uh, an animated symphony. And I do dress up. I have a wig, I have a costume um, it's, you know, I could look back on it and be extremely ashamed. No. So it's just, we got to wait it out and see what happens, I've, but that's how all projects go. That's I true. I mean, I feel that way about things I've done, but the truth is shitty Mozart is a, a delight. And I've always wanted to sit in on people's therapy anyway. I think that'd be sort of fun, even mm -hmm. strangers therapy. And, uh, so it's a delight to be able to watch your shitty Mozart. Um, and also you look good as Mozart. 
And I'm not just saying that because I'm oh. practically related to you and probably forgot to give you a birthday present. But there you go. Um, okay. Before we go, and I chill these, and I have to make sure that I get rid of the little hole in the middle part of the um, book. Uh, give me a little sense for those people at home probably have no very little idea at least of what it takes to make a nightly show like the daily show when you you wake up around 4 30 probably to work out right and then um do your ma- your marathon training and, and then mm, right p90x yeah, uh-huh. and then you make fresh bread for your wife and while you're doing right. that and sipping ca- coffee that's probably passed through the digestive tract of a mare cat what 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 else happens in your day? Well, then I put the meerkats to bed <laughs> and I read them a short little story and I give each of them a little kiss oh. on their paws. Oh, on their each paw. Um, each paw. Each each mm. paw. And they have four paws because they don't consider the top ones to be uh hands. Oh. So it's four Got paws. It. Um it's you know, I I have a very specific job on the show where I make I work on a small team that makes the cold mm-hmm. opens that air before the opening credits and before uh, the monologue happens and everything. So my experience is, I think probably a lot different than many, pretty much most writers in late night and most aspiring writers, what their eventual job will be after we have major victories <laughs> during the strike and everything goes back to normal and there continues to be writing and comedy in the Beautifully world said. that is human generated. Beautifully said. Yes. But what I do is I wake up, you know, this is just my routine, but I wake up and I, you know, generally I make some avocado Interest- toast. Oh, cause you live in Brooklyn. Cause I am. Cause I live in Brooklyn, New York and I'm woke as hell. <laughs> So I make a little avocado toast and I drench it in red pepper flakes and I get a little bit of that everything salt on there. And, um, you know, I got my, uh, I got to throw some news on and I'm just listening to it in the background kind of. There's some days where I have an idea of maybe what the story of the day will be, but, um, you know, generally you just want to get a, a feel for what people are talking about and what people around the country are talking about, not just the news. Um, but you can get an idea of a couple hours of bouncing around to different channels and see like what's kind of going to be what people are talking about later that night, what you anticipate people are going to be curious about. And maybe it's just going to be like the conversation in cubicles in the Midwest. <laughs> and, you know, so I just kind of like, I also like tune into what my friends from Ohio were talking about because there's, it's kind of like how in Columbus, Ohio, that's where they test out like different new fast foods is they like try stuff on Ohio first right. just to get an idea of what might be sort of popular nationwide. So, you know, and then you just, you, you get an idea of what the story is and you try to come up with a, what a, Hey, what if this weird thing happened and it could be silly and maybe uh, you kind of get your own little point of view in there and you get, you, 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 hopefully you've worked on the show and you've seen enough of the show that, you know, the show's voice a little bit and you know, the host's voice and you try to, you know, make something that he would like <laughs> and you try to make something you yourself like and stand by. And then, you know, you only have so much time. The beautiful thing about a show that goes on every day is you have to turn something in by the deadline. What's so, the deadline? You're working. 
Well, the de- there's many deadlines throughout the day, but you know, our meetings start around nine, nine thirty. Some people have even earlier meetings than that, but I go into my first meeting with a little, usually a little something, maybe a little proof of concept. And I go, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. And people either go, Hey, that's okay. Or they go, no, I don't really like that. But that inspires something else that I think could be funny. And then we just kind of group think it together for a bit and we chew on it and we try to come up with, um, sorry, there's a piece of paper in one of my Buckeyes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's a cool collaborative process. Uh, anybody can throw an idea in and it ends up making it in. And, um, and then you're part of making you know, it too, you, right? You're part of making it. And, at the end of the year, you've done it 200 times. You've got some that you love. You've got some that you're like, oh, yeah, I wonder if we would have changed that if we had more time. But it's cool that you don't have mm-hmm. more time. You just have to pump it out and you stand by it. And you, if you didn't love it, you come back the next day and you get to do it all over again. Well, I love it. And I think people are now going to get an extra thrill out of knowing that they've listened to the person make Buckeyes who makes the cold open of late night. Of the late show with well, Stephen Colbert, like just like just like the Buckeyes, it's 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 not just me, you know. This is this comes from the grandmother, and then you know the cold opens come from a whole team, and then you know we just, we we come up with some ideas and we write it down as a script, and then the graphics people come in, and the editors come in, and there's a musician who we have specially who we can send stuff to, who jams out some incredible yes. tunes and. Um, it's just, it's, it's so many amazing, amazing people who are the best at their job working on one thing, which is why, you know, there's never a night where you turn on the TV and it's not on because it wasn't successfully put up, you know, (laughs) it's really, really impressive people who I desperately miss. And I would, I would really like to go back to work soon. (sighs) All right. Heads, uh, union heads, do your job. And um, if there are any um, studio executives who are listening to this, one, uh, could you pick up my podcast? And two, um, also make sure that Mm -hmm. you pay writers fairly. Pay writers fairly. And if it helps, I will be willing to give the studios some Buckeyes. You know, I think you might want to like maybe tweet that out to the heads of the union. And just to like let them know that that could that could be the negotiating point that maybe sort of pushes things over the edge. It could it could <laughs> really be the last thing that all that was needed because otherwise it seems like we're so close with no I don't think so but it's a really good thought and Buckeyes are that good that they really could they're worth trillions they are worth trillions and not just in calories ho ho okay I'm sorry this is why hey jokes anyway. Uh, It's extremely nice to have you on and you're welcome whenever you want to come on. I'd love it if you could just, you know, come and talk, talk to the people of the secret life of cookies podcast and tell them what life is like. Cause I think it's, it's one of those things that I don't know if people, I mean, thank you for explaining just how much freaking or even fucking work goes into, um, sorry, sorry. That's not a word from Ohio. Um, yeah. How much darn work goes into putting together the late show every single night. Well, it's the same with the secret life of cookies. It's really not, you make it look easy, but I know that it's, it's a real, it's a real labor of love and it's, 
you know, I'm glad that it's still going on. I'm glad that the people have something that they can do and something they can enjoy and something they can listen to slash sometimes watch. It's true. Sometimes. Um, if they're lucky. And one day we'll all be on TikTok making Buckeyes in 30 seconds or less. Oh, Maybe with shitty Mozart. I, I think shitty not. Mozart should make some Buckeyes. Um, on that note, I thank you very much for being here. Um, I must run off into the evening, but it would be much more pleasant to spend it with you. Thank you all for listening today. Please, if you can, subscribe to the Deep State Radio Network who makes this pod possible. And for very little money, you, yes, you, can get access to everything Deep State Radio Network does, all the special content from the Deep State Radio podcast, and of course, the secret life of cookies. You can follow Aaron on all the spaces that the internet offers. Uh, but if you want to find out the best ones, go to his po- his um, page, his webpage, AaronNemo.com. And for me, find me on Substack at MarissaRothkop.com. I look forward to talking to you all next week and cooking some stuff up with you. Have a great week. <laughs>